Hello and welcome. My name is Victoria and I am the host of the podcast series titled Personhood, where we chat about the experience of growing up in multiple countries. Today we have an interview with Katarina, also known as the talented singer-songwriter Kata Pirata, and here is the interview. Could you tell me where you grew up from the ages of birth to about 21 or so? Yeah, so I was born in South Africa. My parents were both born in South Africa. I think my identity actually started even... I have a, a strong connection to my ancestors. And I don't know if you want me to go into that at all, but yeah, I feel like that also shaped me a lot. <laughs> so on my maternal side, my grandfather is from Re Reunion Island. But his father was from Mauritius. So there's a lot of islands people in my blood. And from my dad's side, it was from Portugal. And later on, we also lived in the Azores, which are Portuguese islands. So, but basically coming back to, to me, to where I was, I was born in South Africa. And at the age of eight, I moved to the Azores, lived there for a couple of years. And then in my early teens, we moved to, to Holland. And I finished high school in Holland. Then I decided I wanted to move again because then I like from a young age, having, having moved a lot, I suddenly had this bug, this traveling bug. And one of my best friends was from Ibiza. And so I went to visit her and then I lived in Ibiza for two years. And then from there I decided, okay, no, I want to study. So I did part of my bachelor in Argentina which became a big, it had a big cultural impact on me. And it actually felt like very similar to South Africa. And so I felt very connected to Argentina. And then I moved to England for a year for my master's degree. And then from then, so that's, that's 21, I would say. And then after that, I still lived in, I lived in Aruba for five years, which is another island. And now I'm back in Amsterdam. Those are many places. And I really, I've seen that the link for me is always like, is a lot of islands. And I feel very connected to this. And this also goes back to my, I think my ancestors, like coming from islands, being migrants, you know, I think, I think that without me realizing it was already in my blood, you know, and it, it shaped me. <laughs> well, when people ask you where you're from, how do you react to that question? What do you say? I find it the hardest question. I find it very hard because when I say I'm from South Africa, that used to be like when I was when I moved from South Africa, first years that was like my that's what I held on to because I had just moved from South Africa, so that was my identity, that was all I knew. So I felt very strongly like and I held that for years. But then after having moved to all the other places, I felt I felt confused on what to say because I also felt like just saying South Africa doesn't actually explain who I am in my self identification of belonging and you know so I I feel like it's become a puzzle which I love I love reshifting the identity there's so many different things that I've connected to with, from different cultures that I've really that have become my own you know all the different like music and traditions and rituals from all the different places that I've lived in are so important to me now and the foods. So 
long story short, when someone asks me where you're from, I really have a hard time explaining. <laughs> I mean, it depends how long they have to actually talk about it. Yeah, you have to gauge. But what would you, what would yeah. be your like small talk answer when you don't have a lot of time? What would you say? Yeah, then I'd say I'm originally from South Africa, but I've lived in a lot of different places. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And yeah. how does that, so yeah, you find that this makes you confused sort of as to your own sense of belonging. So where do you now anchor yourself to belonging? Like where, where do you feel would be the most honest way to say that you belong? I think there's, there's a difference between, for me, there's a difference between like fitting in and belonging because belonging has now become a place within me. And I can belong, I, wherever I go, I take myself with me. So I can feel like I've created a space for me to belong. The fitting in is the thing that becomes a little bit more complex because wherever you go, you want to be yourself, but you also want to adapt, you know, like we're social beings. So we want to, we want to flow with the, the cultures and the communities that we're in. And so I feel like I'm quite steady in myself. So I feel like I belong. I've now moved back to Amsterdam. So I lived in Aruba for the past five years and now I'm back in Amsterdam for, for now about six months or so. And I do feel very, very at home in Amsterdam. It's a place that I feel like I know the structure of the city and the cultural quirks. And I feel like I know the system it has a welcoming uh, vibe to it. So I do feel very, very at home now. I do feel like I belong in Amsterdam. So that's a nice, that is a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And you already had the experience. But for example, when you were growing up, did you ever have to force yourself to like b belong? And what was it like? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the funny thing is, when I first moved to Holland, when I was a teenager, I did not feel I had a big struggle with Holland, a big, big struggle. First of all, when I moved here, I didn't speak Dutch. And I was really bullied, really bullied for not being able to speak Dutch and for, for being a foreigner. So eventually, in high school, all my friends... Can I ask, where did you end up in the Netherlands when you were growing up as a teenager? Yeah, in the east. I lived in the east, a place called Zwolle. So I lived in Zwolle. And yeah, my all my friends then became all the other migrants, you know, so all the other foreigners, because we all felt this feeling of not belonging or not being welcomed, really like outsiders. So, and there, it felt like there was this big divide you know, as if you there's this club that you can't get into. So we're going to form our own club. And so I, I struggled with that for, or that became like a resistance factor for years while I was growing up. That's why when I finished high school, I'm like, ciao, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so that's why it's funny that right now I am coming back and I feel so good actually, but I'm also in Amsterdam, which is a very different dynamic there are a lot of foreigners here it's it's but i also have a much better relationship with the dutch as well so i feel a lot more welcomed and i must say also in the course of my career as a singer and artist i've been really welcomed in holland you know so yeah so when i was younger it was me kind of standing on the outside but now i do feel like i've been more accepted within the structure <laughs> Enough. What do you think uh, helped you get to this point? So from not feeling accepted in the Netherlands to finding a place in the Netherlands that you feel really comfortable in? I think it was more to do with me finding my passion 
finding that I could also mean something to the world, maybe, and finding my place within it. And also, I did notice that when I became more successful abroad, I was suddenly welcomed back in Holland very differently. So that I think that also, it's funny when you kind of like leave a place and they're like, oh, but wait, she has links to us. <laughs> Suddenly, <it's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I think, no, I think more about my belonging is really has to do with me, like living my passion and being able to connect with people. And that's something that's with my music, I've also been able to travel the whole world, you know, so that's that like rainbow colored line that just pulls me through the world is it's very steady you know my music takes me places and because i used to have a band called skip and die and i literally tour toured the entire world with that with that band and uh that also once again got me into to places that i was an outsider but i got welcomed in and so i got to see different cultures and even though i didn't stay there for long it was it was such an incredible magical experience to be able to to share energies, you know, with other people from, you know, sometimes I write songs in Spanish and Portuguese and English, and there's always someone who can connect to those, to my lyrics. And music is also, a, a, obviously, a, you know, you don't even have to speak the same language to be able to connect to each other. And I think that that also became a tool for me to be able to connect to people, even though we're from different cultural backgrounds. Yeah, the music really does that. I also create some music myself, but I don't share it as much with people. But whenever you do, it's really the fact that people can feel what you feel, no matter the language as well. And yeah, so that's that nice. I love that. And yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's that's something that coming from different backgrounds, it really is like it's something that you can hold on to. You know, even if you feel like you've lost your place in the world, you feel like the waves are taking over. You still have that, but pe and people can still connect to you. So that's a, a really nice tool. Yeah, so sound seems to be really fundamental to the to the way the universe is. Hmm. Something underneath all the material structures and so on. So it gets to the heart of us. Yeah, the, absolutely. But other fundamental things would be like the fact that we live on this planet. And I wonder, could you see yourself living on a different planet? Like, for example, there are all these expeditions to go to Mars. What is your take um, on belonging on Earth and these kind of thoughts? I I feel extremely connected to nature and the ocean. And so I feel there's so much more to connect to already on this Earth that I feel, you know, you can get into a zone just by being here. And that already blows my mind. Also, if you see like documentaries about sea creatures, wow, wow, they're like... <laughs> They're like space aliens, you know. Yeah, I mean? already. Yeah. There's just so much. And I mean, if you look at the structure of mushrooms and you know, there's just so much there's so much to unpack already. And I feel so privileged that we as humans have this opportunity on Earth to do that. And that I mean, I'm all all for space travel. I even wrote a song called Space Girls a couple of years ago. So like I'm totally like in the cosmic zone. But I do feel like there is so much to unpack here already. Yeah, who knows? I I wouldn't mind going to a different dimension. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you rather stay here for now? Yeah, I also find there's so much still we don't know about our own planet, uh, so much to uncover. 
Yeah, I would wish that we as humanity could like find a beautiful balance between loving our planet and also finding a way to use technology in a way that it supports the, the ecological system that we have here that's already so beautiful. I wish we could find that balance because I'm totally about the future, like finding different technologies to create things. But I want to preserve what we have, you know, and, and develop from there rather than us destroying the planet, getting disconnected from our roots and our nature. You know, the, I, like I, I find that sad. So hopefully we can find some kind of balance in that. Yeah. And I also think how people that have grown in different countries, like you said, to have the roots and so on. But for people that grow up in different countries, they are faced with this changing aspect and the future is uncertain for many in terms of belonging because of the migration and so on. So how do you see like the future of humanity where people move around? What would you tell them when they are struggling with belonging? Well, obviously, like there are different layers to it, right? I've been extremely privileged that I have been able to move so freely. You know, not everybody has that. People migrate under the, the most dire circumstances and they have to leave their countries behind. So they're ripped from their cultural identity and placed in horrendous situations, you know. So I do think there's a whole lot there that I can't speak from that side of things because I've had Although the journey has been, you know, sometimes hard, sometimes more beautiful, I've never experienced something to be completely disrupted from a sense of trauma. So I think obviously there's so many sides to that. Uh, and so, yeah, it's very individual of what you're encountering and where you come from and where you're going and if you're welcomed or not. I do feel very passionately about that these structures that we've created as, as man you know like why have we created them like this why can we not adapt them to create a system in which we we're all equal we can all travel that the system supports everybody you know what i mean so yeah yeah certainly i actually wonder what is your take on the future of nations do you think in a thousand years we'll still have countries hmm. it's so weird i don't i mean I find it really, really hard to tell because on one hand, you know, we've, we're this global, we've had globalization. And on the other hand, we've also become so much more, you know, there, there are a lot of more fears. People are fearful about the other. So we're kind of like being played against each other in some ways. And so I do find it's, it's tricky if you see what's you know, the UK, what just happened with them. You know, are we, are we growing together or are we growing apart? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I, I imagine I, the best kind of imaginative way I can think about it is that there would be a future with people coming together that share similar values that isn't necessarily based on a country. Because many countries... This seemed to happen sort of arbitrarily because a person came into power and decided this is their land. And it was not mm -hmm. a decision that came from a unifying force of many people coming together, but rather just that person seemed to be in power. And that seems to be the way that it happened in the past. I would love that people would come together to create 
a world of shared values. And then I see that people have different types of ideas of how they want to live. So then that would create the difference. I'm sure it's not going to happen like that. But Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, it, on small scales, it does work like that. You know, we all do gravitate to the people and the communities that we can connect to, right? So on smaller scales, it does. So that's nice. I mean, there are also people who create their own, yeah, real like little communities that they share things, you know. When I was doing my master's degree, I lived in a place called Totnes in the UK. And... It was it was really like that. It was like this little community. They had their own their own monetary system, you know. So it's there are places in the world that do do that. So that's cool. How did they manage to have their own monetary system? This I do not know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite something because when you think about how does a country have power, a lot of the times it's related to the financial aspect of. Yeah, the no, they have the they had the pound, of course. You know that's how yeah. most people paid. But I think within the the system, they also had different ways. I mean, I was a student there for a year, so I didn't get totally ingrained yeah. in it. But yeah, there are places that try and set up these structures. And what I do see is a lot of people nowadays are, there is more space to reconnect to your roots, I think. A lot more people are using that, their ancestry and yeah, their, as identity. So they are reconnecting. And I think in that way, we can create new identities, but based on a lot of the things that we, we cherish from our ancestry. And I do think that's, that br- that can bring a lot of people together as well. Yeah. When we want to create new identities, we also have to create a, a new question, starting question, when we want to know the other person. So what would you ask instead of where are you from to get to know someone? Yeah, I think I usually go in the terms, so what are you up to at the moment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a good one, actually. It's a very casual thing because... I've gotten some good answers already from people interviewing people. Uh, But when I'm faced in the situation of like, let's say a party or something, asking people what are their core values is a bit too much. Existential crisis. Yeah. Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) What are you up to at the moment is is a good one. Yeah. What are you focusing on now or? Yeah. 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 I, I, I feel, I feel at least it's like the most, the easiest way in because then people, you know, whatever pops up for them, there is that space, you know, that's definitely a good one. And then do you find that any parts of you throughout time just kind of stick around? Is there anything? I understand these qualities may sound quite simple, but they're usually quite profound as well. Something that just sticks around through each iteration of the changes. Yeah, I I definitely like the multicultural. I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm definitely multicultural and that has formed and shaped me. And that you'll see in the way that I interact with people and also in my music, my lyrics. So that is something that's, that is so strong that I, I can't shake. And I wouldn't want to because I think also living in so many different places, it also opens your, your view to the world and also your place in it and also your compassion to other people. I also find that I'm, I'm always open to hearing other people's view on life because we have all so, such different views on the world based on what we've been through and what we've seen and places that have shaped us. So sometimes I, when people have very strong fixed opinions, I'm like, wow, 
how do you get such a fixed opinion? Like for me, it's just like, I hear that person's view on the world. I hear that person. That's so interesting. Okay. That's very different to what you're saying. You know, I always find like that if you, if you say there's one way to look at the world, like that doesn't just doesn't work for me because it's, I find like it's fluid. Your identity can be fluid. Your vision on the world can be fluid. And, but then again, I've also, when I talk to some people who have just lived in one place their entire life, I also think, wow, that's such a different way. And it must be so stable. Like it must be so amazingly stable and you can shape, you just have one structure within, in which you structure your vision on the world and stuff. Like I have never had that stability. I've never been in one place for years on end. Many people that have not the experience of living in many countries do not recognize how much they would change and alter their own self if they had the experience of moving around a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe that's where a lot of these like stuck like opinions come from as well. If you didn't have that experience of just change, constant change all the time, which is actually yeah. a true experience of the world anyway. So yeah, that's... yeah, yeah, it is very interesting. I mean, we will, I guess we'll never know who we would have been if we just stayed in one place. That's some, sometimes I do think that like, who would I have been if I just stayed in South Africa or if I just stayed in Argentina or I want, like, sometimes I do wonder, you know, what, what thought patterns would I have created then? But, well, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> but she said something about stability. Do you, do you find that you're still having to figure out stability in your life? Like, do you have to plug it in differently than you would have if you just stayed in one country? So how do you feel? No, definitely, that? because you unroot yourself. You unroot yourself every single time and you have to create a structure and you have to create, yeah, everything becomes, everything becomes different. Like if you walk, if you live at walking distance from, from your school or from your work, you know, that already is different. If you have to cross, cross a river to get to you, you know, like everything changes. And when you're walking through nature, your brain waves are different to if you're walking through a city. So every little element shapes your, your thoughts. So it's absolutely unrooting, but also interesting to see, okay, what patterns did I hold on to? You know, so there are things that we do hold on to that are just ingrained in our system and others that like little rituals that either start again or over months. Okay, I could say, okay, I've been here for a couple of months now. I'm starting to get into the rituals that I did in my other countries, you know? So it's, I think, yeah, some things are the same and some things very up and down and change and I'm I welcome them both and it's a flow I guess that's beautiful <laughs> yeah great I don't think I have any more questions to be honest I yeah. love this is this topic is one of my favorite topics and it's so nice that you're doing this yeah I, I'm, I'm really happy with it too because it, it's so insightful to listen to people's stories and yeah hear all about these little rituals that you for example told me or just different perspectives and and people that have this background, the way that they view, you know, the self and the self-concept is almost outworldly, but I feel like it's more aligned with what it is actually the self. Oh, um, yeah. You know, the multidimensionality. Yeah. You said that uh, you find that you belong within yourself, first of all, wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And those are such important things to realize at some point of your life. It doesn't matter if you move around or not, that you inherit yeah. belong 
that you have to find that within yourself. So yeah, it's just necessary to know this. I hope people that don't have this experience end up listening to these stories. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. And I'd love to hear your story. Are uh, are you going to put a podcast with your story or is there something that I can uh, that listen I... to about you? Because now we just talked about me. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that because yeah, it's nice to hear other people's stories. But I can just say uh, quickly now, I don't know what I'm going to say as like an introduction in the beginning, but I was born in Poland. And then when I was nine, I moved to Ireland where I lived for the other half of my life. So I'm pretty equal, oh, yeah. like half and half. And oh, yeah. As I got older, I lived a little bit in Italy, and, and then I moved to the Netherlands about four years ago, where I live now. Oh, wow. Where yeah. do you live? In Nijmegen. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's sort of where I come from and stuff. But I also get stuck when people ask me, where are you from? I'm like... Yeah, so many layers. Yeah. <laughs> it's really asking, like, people want to ask who you are, and then give you a list of stereotypes that they know about it. And then you're supposed yeah. to have this connection moment, but... I, I've always, yeah, I don't drink, for example. Alcohol seems to be something that comes up and people are like, so you drink vodka? No. No. <laughs> yeah, that is, would be the stereotypical thing. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, that's a little bit about me. So, cool. thank you. So, thank you so much for your time and your Thank story. you. No, welcome. Thank you for doing this. Cool. All Have right. a good day. Okay. Bye you now. too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Katarina for sharing her life story with us. And I wish you all a very pleasant rest of your day.